The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to a championship edition of Round Ball Ramble. That's right, a championship edition. I'm your host Corbin Ford. You'll follow me on Twitter at Corbin NBA Hoop Ball. You know what it is. Hoop ball.com on Twitter at Hoopball Tweets. And guess what, y'all? Everything I just said, with the exception of checking out Hoopball, because, of course, do that, none of it matters, because guess what? The NBA season, the 2020-2021 NBA season is officially reaching an end. Crazy, I know. But it is over. After an incredible finals, we have an incredible champion, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It is a city of champions as I record this on the 20th of July, Yes, that's right. Giannis Antetokounmpo led the Bucks to their first NBA championship in 50 years. Count them, 50 years. Not only did he lead them to the championship and they, as they beat the Suns 105-98 to to take the series four games to two, but he also did it in just simply stupendous, just stupendous fashion. Giannis ended the game with 50 points. 14 rebounds, 17 of 19 from the free throw line, 64% shooting, just an absolute, I I don't even know the words to describe the performance that Giannis blessed us NBA fans with, it was just simply amazing, Uh, can I say it again, 17 of 19 from the free throw line, just put all haters to shame, put all is Giannis a Batman or a Robin conversation, shut them all right up, he played one of the best games I've ever seen, especially for a championship clinching game for Milwaukee to seal it at home in front of their fans. He took this team and he brought them home. He wasn't alone. He wasn't alone. You had 17 points uh, and five rebounds to go along with five assists from Chris Middleton. You had 12 points and 11 assists to go along with nine rebounds from Drew Holiday. Uh, P.J. Tucker ended up with the best plus minus on the team, didn't score a single bucket, six rebounds, one assist, one steal. Uh, you can look at Bobby Portis, who brought passion, a little bit of an edge, uh, 16 points as well, three rebounds on 6 of 10 shooting off the bench. You can look at all that, but it really begins and ends with one Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh my goodness. This was, this 50-year wait ended with a 50-piece from Giannis. Just think about that. Five block shots as well. This was this was insane and really just a masterpiece of, of a postseason for Giannis. This was the third game of this series with at least 40 points and 10 rebounds. This was a dominant debut finals performance. One of the best. Shaq-esque. It was, it was just amazing. I I don't have the words really to describe it. So I just have to describe how it happened um, or what happened. The Bucks winning this became the fifth team to win the NBA Finals after trailing two games to zero. They were the first to do it by winning the next four since Miami did that against the Dallas Mavericks way back in 2006. Remember Dwayne Wade? Remember uh, Shaq? That team was the last one to come back and win the next four games after staring an 0-2 deficit right in the eyes. You can't give enough credit to Milwaukee, to this team, the way they were formed, uh, how they came about this, to reach the pinnacle of NBA success. This was a, a long time coming for the Milwaukee Bucks. This took uh, just a tremendous amount of intestinal fortitude um, from the from players such as Giannis and Chris Milton, who started this journey eight years ago, to guys who came on, you know, throughout this path and really became part of this team. Look at Brooke Lopez a couple of years ago. Look at Drew Holiday this past season. Look at PJ Tucker, uh, just uh, what around the trade season buyout market of this past year. All of this was a process, took time that was carefully crafted to kind of form 
just this finished product that I'm sure so many Milwaukee basketball fans and really NBA fans that are, are just fans of a process being built and moving up this way are just excited about. Because I'll tell you what, I am ecstatic. And I, I really think you have to look back. This goes back to when Giannis was drafted. 15th overall in 2013. Chris Middleton came a month later in a trade with Detroit. Fast forward a couple years to 2018, you draft Dante DiVincenzo 17th in the draft. Pick up Brooke Lopez and Pat Connaughton in free agency of that year. 2019, of course, you know, you get uh, Giannis's brother, which is great. Uh, really, the, 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 the gist of, of the moves that really propelled the Bucks to where they are now happened just this past year in November. Drew Holiday in a trade with the Pelicans, picking up Bobby Portis and Bryn Forbes in free agency. Uh, in March, having the trade with Houston to pick up P.J. Tucker. You know, it was much we would make fun of Jeff T. He came over in April and he had his moments. Um, you know, this was this was a team that took its time to build up. In 2017-2018, they finished the season 44 and 38. 2018-2019 they had a great year. 60 and 22. Didn't get there. 2019-2020, 56 and 17. Step down, not bad. Still not their ultimate goal. This past year, 46 and 26. And 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 look at what they accomplished. Look at what they accomplished. Giannis is getting all the respect from his peers right now. Dwayne Wade, LeBron, John Morant, Draymond Green, everybody. And as much deserved and more to come. I'm, I'm really excited to see how this continues to grow for Giannis. The respect on his name for doing what he did on the highest stage and doing it repeatedly. But let me stop waxing poetic about the Bucks. I do want to get back to the game because it, it was a tense game. It was a tight game for a while. The game was tied at 77 through three quarters, but in the fourth quarter, Giannis just took over. He had 20 points in the third, 13 points in the fourth. Um, he was making sure there was not going to be a game seven on, on Thursday. He was making sure of that. Uh, for Phoenix, it's tough. I mean, I'm in the Phoenix area, although I'm not a diehard Phoenix Suns fan. Seeing so many Phoenix Suns fans be galvanized by this team. Suns in four, as annoying as that was, you know, jumping on with that, being excited, having their teams back all the way through. I'm sure this this, this past night was devastating for them. Uh, the Suns were led by Chris Paul, which he's going to have a lot of stuff about, you know, knocking his narrative and everything, and it's going to be ridiculous. All of it's just complete and utter BS, I'm just saying it, but it's going to happen. He, in 40 minutes, had 26 points, uh, 5 assists. I actually thought he didn't shoot the ball enough in the early part of the game. I thought he was too passive. He picked up in the second quarter and did a lot better. He finished 11-19 from the field. Uh, Devin Booker had double digits as well, 19 points. Uh, not a great shooting night for him. 8-22, of 0-7 from 3, 5 assists for him. Uh, Jay Crowder had 15 points. You had 12 points from DeAndre Aiden, who just continued to fade away down the stretch in the first NBA Finals. He had a strong opening two games in the last four, which is very forgettable. Uh, 12 points for him, six rebounds as well. Uh, Mikel Bridges, seven points, six boards for him. Uh, aside from contributions from Frank Kaminsky, uh, who actually had a nice little stretch with six points and two rebounds, and then you had, of course, Cameron Payne, who really got the Suns back in after a 13-point early deficit. Uh, Payne had 10 points on 4-6 shooting and two rebounds as well. Uh, it wasn't a whole lot to speak home about. The Suns just had a hard time converting baskets. You know, you could say that there was some touch fouls against them. You could say that knocked their momentum down a little bit. But bottom line is they didn't put the ball in the basket enough to win this game. And, and that's just the sad truth of it. Uh, you feel bad for them. I mean, you had a, for Phoenix, you had a 16-point 
uh, first quarter, that's a slow start. Now, yes, you came back with a 31-point second quarter. That's great. But then the fourth quarter, the one you needed to obviously win, you finished with just 21 points to Milwaukee's 28. That's not enough. You know, they they, they couldn't keep Giannis away from the free throw line, and it happened to be a night where he went 17-18 from the field. Um it was it was it was it was disappointing. DeAndre Ayton, I already mentioned him. He shot sixty seven percent in the postseason. He had just twelve points on that four twelve shooting. Um, it, you know, of all the nights for them to have one of their worst shooting performances, it kind of came here. Of all the nights to have their 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 fewest points in the first quarter of this postseason, it came here. It just it just wasn't a good one for them in that way. Um. Their biggest lead was seven. It felt tenuous the entire time. Milwaukee's, of course, was that early 13-point lead. Phoenix came back. They had it within six points. It felt like the damn whole damn near fourth quarter. They were right there. They were right there. They just couldn't get enough to, to, to take over. And, you know, Milwaukee did have that big Bobby Portis uh, performance. They had Giannis just kind of keying them the entire way. Phoenix just didn't have enough sustained performances from their guys. You know, I didn't think they got as much as they got from Chris Paul. I felt like... They could have got more. They should have got more. You know, Devin Booker had an off night. It has to go around to other guys. Some more people to step up. This was a very good night for Chris Paul. But if you'd asked people before this game what his numbers would have been, I think you would have got some 25.11 assist numbers. You know, this was a, 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 it was a good Chris Paul performance. But we needed a great Chris Paul performance. You know, Devin Booker gave all he had. It just wasn't enough in this one. You know, uh, he just had a bad night to go 8-22. That's what happened. You didn't get enough at all, of course, from your wing players, Jay Crowder and Mikel Bridges. And I said, if both of them finish, you know, in, in, in the mid-double digits, then the Suns win this game. That was my little prediction or, or for barometer for the Suns' success uh, for Game 6. But they didn't. I mean, Jay Crowder fit the bill. He had 15, but you only got 7 from Mikel Bridges. And that's just not going to cut it, you know? Shooting 24% from three isn't going to do it for you. Six to 25, that's that's not going to do it. Now, mind you, Milwaukee didn't shoot much better. In fact, they shot worse from three. They were 6 to 27. But they converted better from the field, and they obviously converted better from the line, which is saying a lot when you consider how good a free-throw shooting team Phoenix is, but also just how crazy Giannis was by himself. 89% from the free-throw line, and he had 19 of the Bucks' 29 free-throw attempts. Just insane. I I just think you, you can't knock the Suns. This is my major kind of takeaway from this. You have to give complete credit to the Bucks for doing what they did. You have to give complete credit to Giannis for having the absolute game of his life when it was needed most for Milwaukee here. You know, you can look at Phoenix and what they could have done more and what they, what they should have done more here and there. I think if you look at a game that they should have won, it would have been Game 5. You know, game four, game five were games that you could look back and say, hey, they absolutely needed to be in that one. They definitely need to take that game. After that, you got to give credit where credit is due, and credit is given to Milwaukee. They came back. They fought hard. They played well. And they did the damn thing. <laughs> I mean, excuse my French today, but I am very happy for the fan base of Milwaukee, and I'm, I'm very sad for Phoenix's. But I think that, you know, looking ahead, there, there definitely is a chance for them to come back. You know, I don't imagine Chris Paul leaves after this. I think you do worry at him being 36, you know, him going to 37, if he'll have as good a year as he did this year, you know, health-wise, you know, the the way that the playoffs worked out for them. Um, you can imagine that teams are going to come back stronger next year. You know, whether the Clippers come back, you know, with Kawhi Leonard healthy, 
um, in the middle of the year, toward the end of the year, whatever the case may be, there's still a challenge. It took them a uh, tough out to get out this year. You know, Denver will more than likely be getting Jamal Murray back, yes, toward the end of the year, but still. You know, the Lakers will be returning. Who knows how they'll retool? You know, you have other teams. The Jazz will be back. The, it, the Western Conference is just an absolute trip. And yes, Phoenix will be in the upper echelon of that squad again, but it's a lot. Nothing is promised. Injuries happen to everyone, and, and, and age regression is a thing as well. Chris Paul has fought back father time very well, but he's had injuries. He faded a little bit down the stretch here, it felt like. Like, yes, he was able to get to his spots, but who knows if he'll be able to come with that level of effectiveness again, you know? You look at the rest of Phoenix, yeah, you could tell. Devin Booker. DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges, they will be back in this stage again. I believe that. It may not be this next year, but they have years to come, and I definitely think that's going to happen. Uh, but you, you hope that they get another shot with Chris Paul, because this was his best chance, I would say, of his career um, reaching here. And for it not to go out the way that was planned is sad for them. But Phoenix will be back. I'm not worried about the long-term future at all. Uh, Monty Williams is a heck of a coach. The squad they had was a heck of a squad. You know, they have free agent decisions to bring up with, you know, Cameron Payne and others. I'm sure they're going to bring them back. They'll be back. In Milwaukee, same thing. They got their championship, but next year's going to be tough, too. You know, Brooklyn, all they got to do is get healthy. And you saw how close they were to be in Milwaukee if Kevin Durant had his shoe size just a little bit smaller. And that's just shorthanded. You know, they'll be back. We'll see how Philadelphia retools. You know, other teams coming up, Miami, other teams can come out the woodwork too and make things difficult. You saw what Atlanta did this past year. This could, It could be crazy, but bottom line, all that just, I'm bringing it up just to talk about how, you know, very tenuous the top of the NBA is. You know, make the finals one year, you could be Miami. Make the finals one year, get swept in the first round the next. It could happen just like that. But at the same time, you have to give credit to these teams for making it where they did fighting hard, overcoming obstacles, overcoming the media, you know, these expectations weren't on them, after Giannis signed Supermax with Milwaukee, it felt like ESPN and other NBA media had nothing to do with Milwaukee anymore, they didn't even care, whatever, like, he's not gonna be traded, okay, moving on, Phoenix, come on now, we know, we, we know the Phoenix slander, we've seen it, all through this, we were trying to put asterisks on their name, even as they were marching to the finals, well, they didn't beat this team with this guy healthy, and they didn't beat this team with this guy there, we were doing that already, so, like, you got to give credit to them for for showing up, for giving us an absolute classic of a series, I'd want to say. This was a, looking back, I think we'll look at this series as something that was fun. For six games, it had its little back and forths, um, you had your dominant performances, you, you, I think I think you had some memorable crowd moments. I think this series will be looked at, not, not like an all-timer, but definitely one that is uh, one to remember. I'll just put it that way. One thing I won't remember very fondly is the refs. I felt like this game, the refs were just on both sides. I got so confused, annoyed, mixed up all over the place in terms of missed calls here and pointless reviews there and just just straight up buffoonery from an NBA ref standpoint. There has to be a better, more uniform job moving forward with that because that was just ridiculous. I, I, that was just ridiculous. I was not a fan of the refs this, this, this postseason, this season in general. I think that is a knock on the championship, I mean, even Jay Crowder kind of alluded to it, some of the Suns felt wrong by certain calls, and, and yeah, both teams had that right, I think, I don't think it was just slanted on one side or the other, but the fact that one team can even make the argument, you know, means that the rest maybe had more of an impact on the game than they probably should have, that's just my own personal take, and I personally think that they did, and, and that's unfortunate, but yeah, wow, I'm, this is just immediate reactions, and I am just stunned that we are at the end of the NBA season, that there will be no Game 7 on Thursday. 
that this is it for the NBA Finals for the 2020-2021 NBA season is looking me right in the face, and I'm just like, wow, we had so much happen this year. So much. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's just crazy. All right, well, you would be surprised that on, you know, the night where we have an NBA champion that there is indeed other news, but there is, so let's get into it. Uh, this is actually kind of related to it, but you know, winning the championship isn't necessarily cheap. Uh, guess what? The Bucks are now in the luxury tax because uh, Drew Holiday, his NBA championship bonus, pushes the team past that threshold. This was according to ESPN's Bobby Marks. Uh, Drew Holiday had a $1 million championship incentive in his contract. That was triggered when the Bucks won it all. Um, they actually began the season far above the luxury tax line. They made a bunch of moves in the offseason, um, including, of course, the addition of Drew Holiday that nearly pushed them up to the apron's hard cap line. Um, and that was done in part to obviously convince Finals MVP Giannis to re-sign um, ahead of his possible 2021 free agency. Of course, he did just that, and that gave the Bucks a bit more freedom to then go and, of course, shave some of that salary. And they did that. In fact, the primary motivation in trading for P.J. Tucker, of course, was getting uh, someone to shore up their front court rotation, uh, be a cog in their defense, but they were able to trade both D.J. Augustine and D.J. Wilson to acquire Tucker and Rodion's Kurucks, who they later waived. And those two players they sent out uh, cost roughly $1.5 million more than the players they brought in. So look at that, upgrading with the championship piece while also saving money. Save money, live better, Milwaukee Bucks. Anyways, um, they continue to shed salary because they traded Torrey Craig to the Phoenix Suns for basically nothing. Um, that almost was a hit on them because Torrey Craig was a big part of Phoenix rotation, um, at, you know, at least uh, throughout the postseason and someone into the finals, but ultimately it helped enough for Milwaukee. Um so yeah, all those moves, they pushed Milwaukee roughly $1.25 million below the tax line, and of course, you know, that went back up. A little bit a little bit of that with the addition of uh, Jeff Teague uh, as a midseason signing, but ultimately Holiday is the one. But I, I doubt, I highly doubt that the Bucks are upset with that. In fact, I think the Bucks are perfectly okay with it. It's like they always say, owners say, yeah, we're willing to pay the tax, we're willing to pay the tax to be a championship team. Well, guess what? The Bucks are now done to pay the tax, and they are a championship team, so... Both things are true. Uh, the owners put their money where their mouth is. And honestly, if you ask me, uh, they might as well do that. Because we see the owners, this is my one little rant, one little round ball rant, but I'm tired of seeing owners on the post-championship post podium. Like, no one knows who you are half the time. The other half of the time, outside of, you know, opening the pocketbooks, which is important, you barely do anything. So it's like, why? You know, I just, I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. I mean, whether you're a person who wants to be in the limelight or not, you're, you're far removed from that. But in this case, I will make an exception because they are going to pay that money to show that we wanted to be champions so we didn't care. Money was no object. Well, congratulations, Milwaukee, because you proved that. So we'll see if you can sustain that. We'll see if you can continue to cultivate a championship team or whether you'll be like, hey, we made it, so let's cut costs, a la um, Dallas in 2011-2012 with veteran free agents. A little bit of a different situation, but I'm saying, are you going to be committed to continuing to win um, and to replicate this feeling instead of it being a one-off? That's what I'm curious about seeing. But aside from that, yeah, that that's the news from Milwaukee there. I thought that was interesting uh, for sure. Another thing, this is actually scary news, but it actually turned out okay. Um, NBA legend Ray Allen revealed on Sunday that he was involved in a scary bicycle crash, and he credited his helmet for um, basically saving his life. He said that he was riding in his neighborhood, he happened to be distracted by a nearby vehicle, and when he ran over a tree branch. Um, and these are his quotes. Yesterday, I approached the end of my bike ride. I was cruising through my neighborhood, and a car pulled up slowly behind me. I sped to get out the way. As I looked back behind me, the car was gone, but the minute I turned my head back to what was in front of me, it was too late. I ran over a tree branch that was in the road, and my front wheel went haywire and threw me from the bike. I landed on my face, shoulder, and hip. 
Uh, he later said that he got home and almost passed out. He got up immediately and walked about 100 yards back to his house in shock. When he got to the house, he lost his breath and almost passed out. My wife immediately took him to the hospital to make sure I didn't have any internal bleeding. I had my vitals checked and a few x-rays taken and all was okay. Thank God for my helmet because as you can see in the picture, my head hit the ground and I didn't even realize it. I wasn't riding fast at all, but the ground still took its toll. When you're riding, you can't take your eyes off the road because something bad could happen. My helmet saved me from a far worse fate. I didn't want to post this at first because no one wants to show their missteps in life. But as you get older, you learn that life isn't always about being cool or perfect. It is okay to be vulnerable. More importantly, I had to post this as a reminder to everyone to remember to please wear your helmets when you ride. So a little bit of scary news there involving Ray Allen, but happy to see that he is okay. And reminder there, wear your helmets when you bike. I don't even think about that. Granted, I barely bike, but that is something definitely important to do. Um, and we can see from Ray Allen's experience that it could be a lifesaver. Wow, I'm still in shock that this season is over. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, not that we, you know, we don't have a lot coming up. I mean, literally, NBA draft is in, what, just over a week away. Free agency soon to fall after that. Summer league soon to fall after that. So it's going to be very, very crazy. I'm very excited for it. As far as birthdays, uh, you know, high birthday to Amari Spellman. He's played with the Hawks and the Warriors. Uh, he is now 24, so shout out to him. That is the only really big notable birthday. Uh, oh, yeah, Von Wafer, if you remember him. Uh, Swingman played for a couple of years, six seasons of the NBA with the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, uh, the Blazers, the Rockets, the Celtics, and the Magic. Uh, just thought it was a really cool name. I think he had a cool dunk once, if I remember correctly. Um, definitely check that out. Something involving him. Just Von Way for YouTube. I'm sure I have a, a hit here. I think he blocked a shot and, like, celebrated, and then they scored. I forget. I wish I had done more research in advance on this one. But I do remember him for doing something notable, whether it was a Shaq in the Fool or otherwise. So definitely make sure to look at that. <laughs> Aside from that, y'all, there's still going to be a lot of round ball ramble. We don't stop over here. Off-season's commencing. Uh, it's officially commenced now, so definitely look for some more off-season outlooks. Definitely look for some more guests. I'm going to have um, Will uh, from the All-Rookie Podcast, another hoopball presentation, stop by this week to go over uh, his mock draft. So we can do, uh, basically going to be the round ball ramble mock draft 2.0. We'll have that coming up real soon. Um, a lot of great content continue to come, so definitely make sure to stay with us, and thank you for everyone who does listen to the show. I do appreciate it. Um, like, y'all are dope. Any little bit of support, any like, any retweet, uh, you know, every patience with my rambling sometimes, um, it means a lot. It means a lot to have people who, you know, are interested. Um, I welcome any and all feedback, so please give me any, um, just to make the show better, to become a better host, to try to go on to bigger and better things in this space. I would... I would love to do that, but you don't get that way without continuing to work on your craft and try to improve, and for me, that's feedback from any and all to get better and continue to refine it. And so I thank you, because, again, it means a lot. All right, well, that's going to do it here for another edition of Rumble Ramble. I cannot believe we've made it through a whole season. It's been a crazy year for myself. I'm sure you already know just from um, me kind of sharing what's going on and, and the ins and outs and all over, but we did it. One NBA season in the books. That's a pound the back for myself and for any and all listeners. And thank you again. And like I always say, you know, I'm going to be frosty. That's what I do. Y'all say frosty because that's what I want y'all to do. And also have a good one because we all deserve to have a good one. <laughs> I hate y'all.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.